Founder of the Eden Project, Sir Tim Smith, attended a conference on Friday which explored the economic opportunities for the Isle of Man through its strong cultural and business links with the north of England. The event was a joint initiative by the Isle of Man Chamber of Commerce and the Northern Powerhouse Partnership. Sir Tim Smith's involvement in the conference was as a result of an announcement that Eden Project Morecambe is to receive £50 million in funding from the UK Government's Leveling Up Fund. I asked Sir Tim what is the new Eden Project and how might it benefit the Isle of Man? I was the creator of the Eden Project in the far southwest in Cornwall, which was uh, the project was to take a, an old abandoned clay mine of 34 acres and turn it into an absolute paradise. My belief, my catchphrase was, give me your poison, because the symbolism of taking poisoned land and creating life in it, uh, because we had to create 90,000 tons of soil out of nothing, because it was a completely sterile uh, surface, as you can imagine, with a clay mine. And then we created these amazing conservatories inside it, which are the biggest conservatories on earth, in which we, by and large, our aspiration was to bring together the world's greatest collection of plants useful to humankind, and then invite people in and use them as a canvas on which to tell the human stories of our dependence on the natural world. But I always wanted it to be a bit rock and roll. I also wanted the explanations about what we were doing to have a mixture of humor, culture, education in the widest sense, because I was fed up of seeing education done to people. We're going to educate you, read this, this will be important. Remember all that sort of stuff. I like to seduce people so that they get educated, that's the right word, by just being amused. And that beguiles them and takes them on a journey. And there's about to be a new Eden project in the northwest of England. That's right. Uh, uh, there's a, a, a new one on the beach. Uh, we, we will be building a new one on the beach. Uh, for those of you who know uh, Morecambe in the northwest of uh, uh, Lancashire, um, the, the, there is a very fine um, uh, Art Deco hotel on the beach called the Midland, and right next to it there used to be a huge Lido, and uh, that's been covered up and it's been uh, unused for Lord knows how many years. So we're taking about an eight-acre site and we're going to build um, what is variously called Eden North or Eden Morecambe. But uh, to fire your imagination, imagine um, mussel shells but made of solid silver lying as if they'd been roughly thrown on the sand quite close together. And that'll give you a good idea of what it's like. And the the reason we're going to Morecambe, uh, well, there are many reasons, but, but the, uh, by far the largest is that it is a unique destination where you're looking out over Morecambe Bay, which, as as all listeners will know, is the site of a very tragic accident in the 1980s with the Chinese cockle pickers. Um, but behind the story of that is, of course, that you're looking at the most extraordinary natural feature, a bay that is very shallow and enormous that has a, 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 a tidal race that is faster than a horse can gallop and huge biodiversity. It's also home, it's like a heathrow for birds. Um, and you can stand on the beach there and see this extraordinary tidal race. And you then look up to the heavens a bit and you see the, the hills and peaks of the Lake District. And you see weather systems just forming. So that gave us the idea of building uh, on the beach there something which was about the rhythms of life, the rhythms of the seasons, the day, um, the rhythms of the human body and so on. So what we're doing is creating uh, inside those 
uh, if you like, those muscle shells. We're creating ways of looking at the natural world in a way that you will never have thought of before. But the essential ambition is to put people in sensory positions where they suddenly realize they're creaturely, just like everything else they're looking at, and thereby to learn, learn to feel an empathy for other creatures and so on. Uh, I'm phrasing it a little bit in a sort of hippy-dippy way, but I fundamentally believe that our relationship to nature and our taking responsibility for, for it can only come from us actually suddenly realizing that it's essential to us, in the old-fashioned sense of the word, essential. So uh, we're very excited about it. And how does any of this uh, tie in with where you are now, the Isle of Man? Well, this is my first visit uh, to the marvellous Isle of Man. I've had a, a whistle-stop tour um, of the islands, and uh, we're sitting here, obviously, in a, a hotel where we've been talking with a whole bunch of businesses on the island about the future of the Isle of Man and the prospect of considering what the next 30 years might hold. And um, my position here was that I was challenging by saying the problem is if you have a culture that is self-referential the whole time, you become provincial and you think that change is something that should go little by little by little. And I think the challenges we're all going to be facing over the next 30 years are basically asking a lot of questions of us about whether whether we're a species in decline because we're not able to adapt and have actually become like rabbits in the headlights, or have we got the ability to become the next civilization without having to destroy ourselves first? And what I've been saying about the Isle of Man is that I could imagine us, if Isle of Man was brave enough, uh, partnering with us at the Eden Project in Morecambe and becoming, if you like, the island nation bio, uh, biodiverse state uh, part of what Eden is because the way the world is going measuring everything through um, as you know you're, you're, this, this lovely little country has got I think the fastest broadband in the world now coming in from here and you've got a SpaceX site and everything else well you can be measuring the biodiversity the ecological traits of the islands uh, and get a real head start on everybody else if you committed yourself to it um, and I believe that um, a strategy which goes towards becoming energy independent with renewables, food independent by really championing farming and growing things, um, and uh, really concerned about enhancing the biodiversity that is here, could make the Isle of Man the hottest property, the, the Singapore of Europe. A part of the issue is to believe it. We're so used to being marketed to that you think it's a, some slogan from some fat cat, as opposed to strategically why, didn't, why aren't we brave enough to talk to our fellow Manxians and say, we're not sure, but we think this might be the way to go? Because I would, would not be in the least bit surprised to, f to find out that grown-up citizens of the Isle of Man might well surprise you with what they would like their future to be. They might well really like to commit to a future that still remains ours to make, where one is ahead of the curve rather than following one. Chief Minister Alf Cannon welcomed Sir Tim Smith's comments and is keen to strengthen links with the northwest of England. Well, we've been looking to build the relationship with the with the northwest since I became chief minister, uh, both with at a political level with with the regional mayors, with Andy Burnham and Steve Rotherham particularly, um, but also with with the northern powerhouse. And I've been working with Henry Murison now for the last. Uh, 18 months or so in terms of understanding what the Northern Powerhouse is about and how the Iron Man might shape itself to be 
part of that. And, you know, once um, uh, Henry Murison, the chief executive, was here at our government conference in September, I think the Chamber of Commerce have picked up on that, have invited him over. And I took that opportunity also then to invite um, Adam Beaumont and Sir Tim Smith from the Eden Project to add some further value to those discussions and also recognize some of the potential values that we could get from the relationship. So there's really three critical points. There's the tangible here and now in terms of tourism, in terms of the manufacturing links that we already have, a greater understanding how finance can be part of growth and um, regeneration in the north and northwest, what future programs we could be part of. Second part of that is learning, just understanding, sharing advances in technology, for example, or latest techniques when it comes to construction. And then thirdly is about future, future vision and, and, and building uh, a more secure, sustainable island. And, you know, I think Sir Tim Smith, who's been here this afternoon from the Eden Project, has really painted a bit of a picture about how we could really go about and create a much more sustainable island, almost our own... Uh, build build out more on the UNESCO platform that, that we have, really build the Isle of Man biosphere around self-production of food and agriculture and talk about that in terms of the whole circular um, economy. There's an absolute tangible value. We've already recognised that at breakfast this morning when we talked about how it could we could be mutually part of the sort of attraction of tourists, both to the Eden Project and onward one would hope as part of visiting the Eden Project to Biosphere Isle of Man. Uh, the ferry terminals are potentially 20 minutes away from when it comes to Hesham or 45 minutes away when it comes to Liverpool. There's also air links but broadly how could we be part of that sharing mutually their business plans to attract tourists and how those tourists can come on with the Isle of Man and vis-a-vis -vis how tourists the Isle of Man could also on their way home perhaps stop off and visit the Eden Project. So that's an absolute um, tangible but, but beyond and, and around that, we can also build and further develop our, our, our links and our, our understanding, um, both of the from an environmental perspective and also then build not just on the Eden Project, but our greater links with the Northern Powerhouse as we look for future energy security, how we build the renewables on the island that we want, what we need to do in terms of accessing if we need base renewables from, from the UK, how they might work, but also... Um, learning from, from each other in terms of advancing technologies and how we can make the best use of our natural resources to further progress and, and build a better society in the future. Henry Murison is Chief Executive of the Northern Powerhouse Partnership. He tells us a bit about the partnership and how it might benefit the Isle of Man. So I think what's interesting about the Northern Powerhouse was, as you allude to, when Theresa May became Prime Minister, uh, even even uttering the phrase was was controversial with some of her advisers. Um, I think what has happened though is that the business community of the north of England took ownership of this concept. We now have our northern leaders, the Metro Mayors, obviously Andy Burnham in Greater Manchester, Steve Rotherham in the Liverpool City region, and along with uh, mayors across in West Yorkshire, in South Yorkshire, in the Tees Valley, in the northeast. They are a huge counterweight now in the British political system. And one of the key ingredients of Jim O'Neill's sort of recipe for the Northern Powerhouse was always devolution. And in the, the last UK budget, which obviously followed a much more exciting fiscal event here on the island a month before, what we saw was the, the, 
the, the granting of what are called these kind of single pots. So that's a big move forward for the north of England to have that degree of financial autonomy, but also the retention of business rates. And now again, compared to here on the Isle of Man, those may, may seem like relatively modest forms of fiscal independence, but for the north of England, it is transformational. And it demonstrates a very similar spirit, which is that the, the, the independence which has defined this this part of the world's past and will define its future is something that I think we share in terms of spirit on the, in the north of England. I mean, Eden North is one of the projects we welcome most strongly from the Leveling Up Fund. Some of the things it funded, uh, uh, like money for, for, for prosperous market towns like Melton Mowbray, also famous for its pork pies, uh, we were less supportive of. So I think the challenge for government is that most of those levelling up projects were quite small. They only received about £20 million. Uh, Eden North was more than double that, £50 million, and it was one of only two of those very significant projects that received that level of funding. And, and that's important because that project is also going to leverage in private investment and charitable donations via the Eden Trust, uh, which in more than doubles that investment. And so that leverage is really important, that just spending £20 million in any place doesn't make a big difference. Uh, and... Uh, it doesn't necessarily change the, the fundamentals of, a, of an economy. I think Eden North will have a huge impact on Morecambe. I think if it's done correctly with those improved transport links as well in time, that it will benefit more areas. It certainly benefits the Lake District and gives people something to do when it rains because like here on the Isle of Man, it does sometimes rain, uh, particularly in the off-season. So I think there's a huge opportunity for the Isle of Man to also benefit. And we've talked today uh, to the Steam Packet Company about those links in both directions. How can we get visitors from North uh, and those going there for a holiday to think about coming to the Isle of Man and vice versa for those visitors who already are considering a trip to the Isle of Man how can a visit to Morecambe be added and it puts to end that long-standing traditional tourism rivalry between Morecambe and uh, and the Isle of Man from their their times as uh, as places for people from the northwest to holiday to uh, and, and sees genuinely that collaborative opportunity to bring together those tourism economies and grow the scale of the prize. Adam Beaumont obviously a a prominent northern industrialist from the other side of the Pennines, some would say the correct side of the Pennines from Yorkshire, uh, has been a long-standing uh, investor in, in this place and is, is, is a part of the local business community. And businesses like Orsted, who are very prominent in the north of England, including across in Grimsby, are now here trying to develop projects. So what I see are the opportunities to strengthen those links, particularly around energy and net zero. I'm really confident that as we seek to deliver a small modular reactor fleet across the north of England, across the wider uh, UK in particular in England and Wales, uh, Scottish government still not huge supporters of nuclear, um, I believe that that will provide opportunities to provide um, the base load power that the Isle of Man will need. So moving to more sustainable forms of energy generation, particularly your own offshore wind, for example, I think is the right decision. But having that base load coming from a sustainable source, which would be what an SMR would represent, I think gives the Isle of Man the chance to benefit from the positive things happening in the north of England but still very much do what's in its own financial and environmental interests and that for me is about aligning the opportunities that we have and the demands you have and vice versa doing the same and I think many of the SMEs in the room also felt that they maybe already did a lot of business in the north of England and could see the opportunities for doing more. Research by the Centre of Cities showed that the cost of living crisis was hitting towns like Burnley worse than it was helping hurting other places and we're really clear that 
what we need to do is address the causes of that, the fact that we have such poor public transport, people more dependent on the private car outside of our larger cities, and the fact that often people are living in homes that aren't well insulated. And, and the challenge is that because people in the north of England earn £8,000 a year less than people in London, they're automatically more exposed because we have more people, um, unfortunately, living in poverty in many of our, particularly in some of our larger cities. Manchester, despite its huge success as a council area, is still the sixth most deprived in England. So we are really focused on the transformational economic change the North needs. And we see the Island Man as being part of that shared destiny because if we can work together on those issues where we have mutual shared interests, we can capture benefits for both sides otherwise wouldn't be there. And having met and talked to so many leading uh, colleagues here in the financial and services sector, but also in the wider economy, I'm really convinced that there are those credible opportunities for better collaboration. And obviously, some of those examples like tourism are almost a no-brainer. And, and obviously, Manchester Airport, already a long-haul hub, not just for the north of England, but could be that for the Isle of Man, enabling people not to have to necessarily rely on those scarce Heathrow slots. We heard from Logan Air about how difficult it is for them to get more connectivity to Heathrow. We want to get more flights to Manchester Airport, no trouble with that at all. Um, and with the new terminal being built there, it'll be completed in a few years. The opportunity for a seamless experience that we heard about from representatives of the airport, enabling people to transfer without having to collect their bags onto Emirates, onto Ethiopian, for example, to get to South Africa, obviously a popular destination with some of the business links that are here, but also across to the States in the long run uh, more and more. Um, and I'm really, really positive that with the, the flight, for example, by Aer Lingus, uh, which is now available from uh, uh, from Manchester, that we will see many more of those long-haul links benefiting people on the Isle of Man and preventing that the constrained capacity we have to Heathrow getting in the way of the Isle of Man's international links. Obviously, going to Ireland is always one option, particularly for travel to the States, um, but we're really clear that Manchester can offer uh, the same or better, particularly to Asia, uh, where more naturally it has got those really significant flights already uh, and has been developing more routes like to China, I think are important, uh, not only for bringing inbound visitors, but also for outbound trade and whatever relationship we have with China, we aren't going to be closing the doors economically, and that's really important that the Isle of Man and the north of England can collaborate on those sorts of agendas. David Morris is MP for Morecambe and Loonsdale and was instrumental in winning the funding for the new Eden project. You must be over the moon at the fact that uh, that rather derelict-looking site on, on the front in Morecambe is about to have a new Eden project. I am, I'm, I'm absolutely elated. Um, I became the MP for Morecambe 13 years ago. The catalyst for the area was a link road. I secured then the first road to be built with public funds, which was then about 120 to 30 million pounds. And it just opened up the area. In fact, that's what brought Eden to, to Morecambe because we're the quickest route from the M6 anywhere in the country to the seaside. And of course, the old Lido site, as we know it as, um, that's going to be the new Eden site and it's fantastic. It was a hard sell to government but we did it in the end and we got the single biggest allocation of levelling up funding for one area, for one town in the whole country. So, you know, I can remember when I stood up in Parliament and I've been laughed at very many times for suggesting an Eden project in Morecambe in the middle of a town by the sea in the north of England, you know, it didn't capture anyone's imagination in government, but um, I had the last laugh in the end, and, you know, we had the Prime Minister to announce it only a few weeks ago. It's, it's all good stuff for Morecambe. And uh, anyone who's visited the, the project in Cornwall, but even if you haven't, you must have heard the, 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 the press, the media uh, coverage about the place, will know what a fantastic uh, facility it is and how uh, big an impact this has had on the local economy. 
Well, it has. And, you know, talking of the local economy and the impact, it, it, we've not even had a shovel in the ground yet, but the Winter Gardens, which is an old Victorian theatre, directly opposite the Eden site, has just been allocated £3 million to finish it off, to be restored. You know, uh, th- these amounts of money are absolutely mind-blowing compared to where it was, you know, 13 years ago. Um, it, it's really nice to hear people say to me, Morecambe has changed in the past 10 years. You know, I'd, I'd like to think I've had a play in that. I, you know, I live there myself, and when you see it every day, you don't see the changes happening unless you, you take a, a picture every day and look back through them. But there's a good feeling about the place. And I, I, one thing that I picked up when I, I've been here many times, but you know, I think it's time we, we sort out a proper terminal ourselves. Liverpool's done one, so I think it's time that Hesham had one as well. And I think I can probably get some government funding for that somewhere along the way. And uh, that's something I intend to really pursue when I go back. Which is excellent news, I'm sure, for anyone who's who's arrived early for the boat in, in Hesham, that they, they would be delighted yeah. to, to hear that. Um, I mean, for, for most people from the Isle of Man, uh, they will know probably two things about Morecambe. One is that it's close to Hesham, uh, if they do use the boat. And two, uh, of course, the, the one of the most famous TT riders, uh, John uh, McGuinness, yeah. comes from, from Morecambe. Morecambe. But, but what, what, how do you think that um, uh, links between the, the, the two areas um, can actually develop uh, fr- from the likes of the conference we've just had? Well, you know, Tim Schmitz here, he's got, is, is a visionary um, and he articulates a vision of the future. And he's talking with the government at the moment to, to look at like a unique biosphere of the Isle of Man itself. Um, I think there is a lot of mileage in that, to be truthful. I do think that whilst we're looking at how things are changing on in you know, mainland UK, shall we say, my side of the, of the pond... Um, I think that we could all benefit from that, hence how we can have more closer links. I think the days of having a revival seaside resort, you know, Douglas and Morecambe are way in the past. You know, we're now a a smaller world and we've got to embrace that. And, you know, I love coming here. I've got to say, I'm not just, I actually do feel at home here. So, you know, I think that it's only right that we do have closer ties. And if it's anything to do with me, we will have closer ties. And, and in terms of the Northern Powerhouse, I mean, this was a pet project of a former uh, Chancellor of uh, the uh, UK government. Uh, said form, former Chancellor is, is now yeah. uh, long distance in, in, yeah. in the sort of uh, the, 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 the political uh, uh, history of uh, the UK. Uh, is, is there still any sort of impetus behind the Northern Powerhouse? We do have, still have, believe it's not a powerhouse, minister of sorts, um, levelling up minister. Um, it's different in the context of when George Osborne envisaged it. Um, in fact, at one point, I was actually tipped to be that powerhouse minister. And, you know, I'm, 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 being, I'm being the prima donna, arguably I would have been the best. However, <laughs> however, you know, we are where we are. And I think that what George did was open up a debate and discussion of how things could be. And it certainly worked in my area, I've got to say that. And I mean, I remember George very well. I'm still friendly with him now. And he helped me and my people in Morecambe immeasurably, especially with that link road. And in, in terms of the Isle of Man's involvement with the Northern Powerhouse, um, obviously we're not part of the United Kingdom. Uh, how, how, how does that work uh, for us? In, in the respect of being part of the Northern Powerhouse initiative, if you, well, I, I think... 
you're right in the the technical aspects of it, but the whole the Isle of Man and Hesham are very very intrinsically linked, and the fortunes do reflect one another's. And I think that it doesn't matter if you're not technically part of the UK. You know, you are in effect because we're all. It's a small world. You know, we 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 are very close together, and we do depend on one another quite a lot. And I, I think you know what's good for the Isle of Man is certainly good for Morecambe, and I think vice versa, especially the Northwest region. The ambition to replicate the success of the Eden Project in Cornwall with the new site in Morecambe is expected to attract thousands of visitors. But will this have a spin-off effect for us in the Isle of Man? Is there a real economic opportunity here or is it all just pie in the sky? Let me know your thoughts on the programme by contacting philgorn at manxradio.com and get in touch if you have any ideas for future shows. Don't forget, this programme is available as a podcast on Manx Radio's website. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Goromayo, thanks for listening. <laughs>